Hello and welcome back to another British and Irish Eagles podcast and it is a special one because Merry Christmas everybody! Hope you all had a fantastic day and no matter whether your Christmas was annoying because your auntie or your uncle or your mother drank too much to drink or your turkey was a little bit too dry or it was perfectly done, your ham was crispy or wasn't crispy, doesn't matter because the Eagles got the win at the end of the day against the New York Giants divisional rival and that makes everything sweeter as you have your last snowball your last um i don't know fireball whiskey if you're drinking like what i did at the end of christmas day or you're having you know a desherano whatever your typical drink was to send you to bed it was much sweeter with that eagles win no matter what happened in the game it made everything feel a little bit better now it's not just special because it's a christmas special and the eagles won we're also welcomed back to the podcast our illustrious friend and Sponsor, sponsor extraordinaire in Tony Brewerton um, from Loch Lomond Whiskies. You've heard Tony on the podcast before. Phil, Phil has just had um, Christmas number two with his young kid Bodie. Mick, the last Christmas with just two for you with a third on the way shortly. Uh, so lots going on, lots to digest in our own lives and in the Eagles' lives. But without any further ado, let me introduce Tony Brewerton back to the podcast. How was your Christmas, Tony? And is your internet better now on this second run? I'm hoping so, Liam, yeah. Good evening, everyone. Christmas was great. Thanks very much. Um, made all so much better with that victory at the end of the day. But oh, always good. What about yours? Uh, mine personally was fantastic. Um, I had my mother over from Ireland, who you you will know well, Tony, from when we first met in in Philadelphia. Um, so man was here for five days, and we had Kate's family over. We had two hams, a turkey, all the veg, all the trimmings, and then of course bubble and squeak on Boxing Day. So it's been full of festivities and uh, had a real good time all around. Phil, how was how was your Christmas, my friend? Did, did Bodie enjoy it? Yeah, I think he enjoyed it as much as a 16-month-year-old can. Maybe I had higher expectations um, <laughs> with the present unwrapping, but he still enjoyed it all, all the same, and he's got some new toys playing with. Had a, a premium Kelly bronze turkey that got absolutely torched in the oven and ruined beyond. Oh, no! Uh, no, it's... We, <laughs> It's best lead plans never never go the way the way the way you want them to, and we'd, we'd put it in, we timed it perfectly, but then Bodie decided to have a, a two hour nap on Christmas morning, and everything just went to shit oh, after no. then because everything just pushed everything, all the timings went out the window, all the best laid plans, but it doesn't matter. It's what what's most important is the presence, the uh, the, the family, and the, and the and the celebration, I suppose. Absolutely, I, I you basically telling me that rather than a premium bronze turkey. You had a turkey which you tried to match the jerseys that the Eagles were wearing that evening. Yeah. All black. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that bad, but yeah. Oh, good stuff. Mick, how the devil are you, sir? The beard. Welcome back. How was Christmas? Yeah, it was it was great. Just good to get time off, spend some time with the family. And you know, we just kept it to the four of us. Um nice. just had a, a nice day, didn't you out of our jammies and just um Beautiful. Yeah, took, it, took it slow, took it easy, so that uh, was good. It was good. I, I got myself uh, some some Christmas Eagles jammies as one of my presents this year, which I was uh, spotting while I cooked the turkey on Christmas Day. Uh, any any shouts there for any Christmas memorabilia outfits that we get on Christmas? You, Tony, did you get anything Eagles wise on Christmas Day? I got a couple of things. Yeah, um, I, I get two really interesting presents actually. One of them was this perfectly wrapped spleen 
the other one was this kind of box of baby dummies but then i realized that of course that was your spleen from last week's podcast and <laughs> mixed dummies that he spat out the pram um on the same <laughs> podcast so i've i've got them if you want them back boys uh do you know what um it it's an annual thing. We'll, we'll leave it there. We're a very positive podcast. Uh, and I think that if I did not hold Eagles to account last week, Mick may have left the British and Irish Eagles in its entirety. Uh, so we, we had to hold them to account. And we did so. And it, yeah, it was a tough one to go through, but we got through it. I, what, what I will say is those listening into this week's podcast, our numbers in the last three weeks since the Eagles lost have more than half. <laughs> so that just shows you what happens to the Eagles fan base when the Eagles start losing. So hopefully, now this is a winning podcast, uh, we're going to get some of you fans back in. All right, let's go to the agenda, what we're going to talk about today. Let's get to the birds. And uh, we're going to talk about the news and the, the news that's happened this week, which has affected the Eagles. We'll talk about the injury report, which has just been released as we sit here at 9.26 p.m. GMT England time. And we're going to look back at the Giants game. We're going to look at the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. And we're obviously going to do our Lock Loman play of the week, which uh, Tony Brewerton can um, name himself. Following on from that, we will take a look forward to the Arizona Cardinals game preview next week and how we're going to match up against Jonathan Gannon who is uh, back in town, and that's going to be an interesting one as well. So lots to get through. Before I go on any further, let's just give everyone an update on the injury report, which has just been released. Same injury report as Wednesday, if you guys were, were watching the Philadelphia Eagles Twitter feed, and that is Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Moreau, both of our two of our linebackers, are still limited in practice. Cunningham with that knee injury, which he's not been able to shake for the last few weeks, <clears throat> They are limited, but what I will say is a number of Eagles players, including Brandon Graham yesterday, came out to say that they were very hopeful of the players they're getting back. And Brandon Graham himself quoted Zach Cunningham as coming back. So maybe don't read too much into limited practice for Zach Cunningham still on a Thursday evening, afternoon, uh, Eastern time. I think the, the noise coming out of the Eagles locker room is that they're expecting to see him back. We'll see what happens with Nicholas Moreau. Darius Slay is is still a did not participant this week. I do not think we are going to see Darius suit up until the playoffs, unless there is a huge need uh, going into the final game of the season and he, and he somehow comes back in time. I'm not expecting to see Darius Lay suit up in whatever jersey the Eagles decide to wear. Great news, though, for the Eagles is Avante Maddox and Landon Dickerson are both listed as full participants yesterday and today. Maddox is getting back to fitness from his pectoral injury, and Landon, having having thumb surgery just over a week ago, is already ready to go. So huge, huge pieces for the Eagles. Maddox um, on the secondary in the cornerback position where we have missed him all year, it's safe to say, especially with Slay being out. Malik's coming into that spot means that Ringo and Coke continue to get reps and Eli Ricks at the outside corner slot. So interesting to see how that plays out. And handing Landon Dickerson back is a huge, huge deal for the Eagles. Phil, just reaction on the, the great news of having Avante and Landon back suiting up for the Birds this week against Arizona Cardinals. So it's fantastic to have, to see Maddox um, back in the jersey this weekend. Um, we desperately needed him this season. It's it's sort of like I said in a pod a few pods ago that um, 
Maddox being out has highlighted a few issues with the the outside corners, I think, um, which were otherwise masked a little bit more by having sort of the sum of the parts, um, sort of masking the individual maybe issues that there potentially were last season, but 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 didn't sort of get exposed too much. Um, so having him back is going to be huge, and and Landon Dixon, close to what I was saying, really, it's you want your your offensive line to be hundred percent fully fully healthy especially going into going for the run because as we know the Eagles are built in the trenches and 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 having both sides of the the line fully fit in that regard are going to be massively important going into these those playoff games yeah I love that Mick how big is Maddox coming back in the slot cornerback position oh it's huge as long as he can stay healthy because he <laughs> the guy just seems to be a constant signal um I'm fully expecting him to come back for this game and probably injure himself at the MetLife and be out again for the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that, we said just, positive podcast, mate. No, you, no, you said positive podcast. <laughs> I am still not fucking positive with this team. Um, so, no, it'll be great to have Maddox back because he is one of the best slot corners in the league, without a doubt. Right. So, when he's um, healthy, as you say. When he's yeah. healthy, as I say. Tony, uh, who's, the bigger, who's the bigger comeback for the Eagles here? Landon on the O-line or Maddox at the slot corner? Two completely different positions, Liam. I, I think they both got their own merits. Um, I, I, it's got to be Maddox because we we do have an element of cover um, on our O line when Landon's not there. Albeit it's not optimal. Um, mm-hmm. there, there is just the, the, there is nothing that, to Mick's point, a fit of Onte Maddox adds to the team so much. And I, and I think you know. When when we look at the the Giants game, Shaq Leonard's performance, Kevin Byard's performance, Cunningham coming back, Slay for the playoffs possibly, Nicholas Morrow, I think there's reasons to be uh, enthused there, particularly with Maddox coming back. Yeah, I think Maddox is going to be a big deal for the Eagles, and obviously Landon Nickerson will be will be huge as well. All right, let's get to the news uh, part of this segment of the podcast, and San Francisco. 49ers lost to the Ravens uh, with Brock, Brock Purdy, Brock Turdy, no matter what you want to call him, throwing four interceptions and Dallas Cowboys lost to Miami. Mick, bring anyone on this because I know you're so positive about the Eagles going into the playoffs. <laughs> when, when, when you see the devastation on Eagles fans' faces when you see Twitter implode with the three games we lost prior to this win against the Giants. Does it give you some comfort when you when you can realize and understand the fact that this happens to other teams as well? Like, not every team wins 10 games in a row and then goes on to go 14-0 and or 13-0. and Not every team has done that. Every single team in this league has had patches this season where they have lost multiple games in a row and they've had dips in form. And... Brock Turdy, as he's now been coined, threw four interceptions, and Dallas lost to Miami. We beat, we beat Miami. You know, we've beaten Dallas before. We beat the 49ers in the in the playoffs last year. The Ravens, I think, are probably the most dangerous team in the NFL right now. But if we see them, we're not going to see them until we get to the Super Bowl. So does it give you a little bit more hope that like, it's not just us that has problems? There are other teams in the NFC. No one in the NFC is really can really claim to be the favourites in the NFC. Every single team has lost four games. Yeah, yeah, teams lose. That's that's just fine. 
Um, it's hard to win in this league, and you know, as as well as we've we've done over the last two seasons, yeah, we're we're a bit, you know, spoiled as Eagles fans, like stacking all these wins. You know, Tony will tell you about seasons where, you know, we had losing records. Um, you know, we've, we've not had many of them recently. Um, but the fact that is with the Eagles and what sort of separates myself from thinking about those other teams those other teams i'm not a fan of those other teams i, I couldn't care less of what they're doing and what they're not doing um the eagles are not performing the way they should be they're not the same team they were last year the team that beat san francisco last year that's not this team now that's not the the way the team's been coached and the disharmony that seems to be apparent in the locker room the way that all the stories are coming out and the way they're all talking that nobody has confidence nobody's smiling nobody's happy in that room at all and Apart from Brandon, Brandon Graham, who never seems to stop yeah, smiling. But, it, but it's leaking out, and the fans, <laughs> it's, in, it's, in, it's infectious. It's infectious misery. <laughs> and it's got it's got a stronghold on me just now. Um, yeah. yeah. But the Eagles fans, Eagles fans will always will always jump on the um, the negative bandwagon. I mean, it's inherent within their nature. As soon as anyone does bad, they hold them to account, and they will always question everything. I mean, I, I've seen the comparisons on... Um, Twitter, I'm sure lots of people listening in have of the correlation between uh, the season after the Super Bowl, hiring a promoting an internal um, core offensive coordinator, and um, the team the team regresses, the quarterback regresses, and they go to ten and four, whatever the record was, twelve and four, eleven and five. I can't remember what it was exactly, um, but that isn't the Eagles. We need to remember how many games the Eagles have won this year. Uh, and and you know they've they've won eleven games so far this year and you know you say everyone loses, not everyone wins and Eagles have won. Saying that I I don't disagree. There are a lot of things which will impact and the good, the bad, and the downright sexy that are are concerning. And uh, certainly which is which is com- the relationship between the coaches and the players is concerning. Uh, but I don't want to talk about too too much more of that at the moment. Well, let's just get first of all an over an overall reaction to the win itself. And the Eagles did win 35-25, and there were moments in that game where it looked like it was going to go the other way. Phil, overall, what was your general feeling about the win against the Giants? Were you positive after the game or positive now? Were you disappointed after the game? Are you still disappointed? I mean, a win's a win, right? Yeah, I think we're overall very happy that the Eagles managed to get back to winning ways. I'm hugely disappointed in the but part of that it's like I'm, I'm 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 happy that they won but the score line was closer than it needed to be but there was a few mistakes that allowed them to get back into the game but the eagles were not 100 percent. now things don't switch back and forth um 100 overnight so if this is the stepping stone that gets the eagles back to sort of on the road to or road to recovery back to the, the early season types of form I think that um, you can you can look at it and go, okay, fair enough. We'll see how it goes against Arizona. But um, if you don't improve it further against Arizona, then this is just going to be like a they lost three in a row and then they had an easy game against the Giants and they just about managed to get themselves through it. So there's there's still a lot to be done, and and I think this Sunday will probably give us more of an indication as to whether the Eagles are back or not, in my eyes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I, where I fall on this. I, I was looking the other day about the the points differential 
between the top teams in the league. You look at the Cowboys, I think they've scored 250 more points than other teams have in the games they've played. The Eagles points differential is something like 26 or 30 points, between 25 and 30 points. They're only in the surplus. I mean, it's a bit like in soccer, right? Your 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 goal differential in soccer, your your goal scored versus your goals against, your points scored, your your points against. And Eagles is like less than thirty for a team that's won eleven games. That is like shockingly bad, and it shows how close some of these games are. But it counts for nothing when it matters. It counts for nothing when it matters in the playoffs. You can score five hundred more points, and you can still have a terrible day at the office in the playoffs. And the Eagles over the last few years under Sirianni have always said, "Be ready for playoff football." Now, you can make the counter-argument that all the stuff that's coming out of the media and the discontent between the players shows that it's not coming together at the right time. But I don't know. I think it might be. I mean, Tony touched on it a minute ago. We've got, we've got really important players coming back at really key positions for the Eagles. They, they can't be as bad as they were the last few weeks. There will not be as many mistakes as there has been. They, they just can't be as many mistakes as there has been over the last few weeks. They're all going to be better. Jalen looked look better. He looked better throwing the ball. Um, body interception, but you can make the you can make the excuse that Dallas Connard fell and slipped on that play. He 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 looked great. The defense looks better under Matt Patricia than it than it did do before under Sean Desai. I think even in the two games we've seen so far, I would com- confidently say the defense does look better because you you can't account for mistakes. Phil, you say this all the time. Like you can't account for mistakes in the game, right? They they, they happen and they happen sometimes frequently, sometimes infrequently. Now the Eagles need to hold themselves account for the penalties. Definitely, you, you could you could definitely say they need to hold themselves account for the penalties. But mistakes happen. I mean, people slip. I mean, come on, someone slips. Your 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 punt returner runs into a a, defend, a, a a player on special teams running the wrong way. When have you seen that happen in a game? I mean, it just it just it just doesn't happen. So I I feel personally very very positive about what we saw on offense, what we saw on defense, if you take away those mistakes and you take away those penalties. Mistakes aren't going to happen as frequently, and penalty, penalties can be coached. So if you, if you, if you, if you, if you look at that in, its, in itself, I see huge positives from this game looking forward. And, and as I say, yes, not a lot of Eagles podcasts talk about other teams. I disagree. I think we should be conscious of other teams because it gives you a benchmark for how you're playing against the rest of the league. It gives you a benchmark of what other teams are doing who the league are saying are MVP favorites or they're Super Bowl favorites or they're going to make a deep playoff run. I think you need to look at it at all. So I, I don't I don't subscribe to that. Let's not worry about anyone else kind of thing because every season is different. Patrick Mahomes was great last year and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. This year he's, he's not called Mahomes, he's called Mac Jones. Right, <laughs> you know, we've seen those, we've seen those memes, we've seen those memes on on Twitter. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of going around the house a little bit here, but you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty positive as a whole about the the Eagles. And Mick, who's unfortunately had to leave us because he's going to look after his kids who who aren't feeling too well. One of the first notes Mick Mick has put on our on our notes notes pad here is the team got up for it. Mistakes aside, the team seemed to have a chip on their shoulder and wanted to prove that they still have to fight that dog in them, that dog in them. And and they did, they did. They got the game-winning interception, which was pretty much a hail mary, which we'll get into in more detail. But I don't know. I, I'm feeling positive about the birds, and 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 I think you know we we all should feel positive about the birds. Forget all the stuff on the sideline, right? Nick Sirianni coaches hard, right? Nick Sirianni is an emotive character. He is going to be emotional with his players. I don't, you know, the players might be annoyed at a couple of things. The players. 
they're not the kind of players. They don't change in six months. They don't change in, in nine months, in 12 months. They, they haven't gone from the great culture we had before to what we have now based on some poor coaching decisions on offense and on defense. They're frustrated because they know they can be better. They're frustrated because they've had mistakes. They're frustrated because they're having penalties. But they're still winning, and I think the Eagles are going to turn it around. The, I put a little bit more blame at the, the coaching, unfortunately. You're talking about players and, 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 and or, we're getting players back and the team's getting healthier and stronger. But the problems that we've had are very much outside of the, the team that's actually on the pitch, so the coaching and the back room. There, there's, there's something that's going on and I don't know what it is. And I'm only just reading between the lines and the amount, you know, you look back, you've had Kelsey, AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick, Hurts, just to name a few who have been videoed on the sidelines, visibly frustrated with Nick Sirianni or the coaching or anything that's going on. And now, like I said, that didn't happen last season. The, the difference between last season and this season, for most for the most part, is the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. Uh, before positions. you go on, before you go on, Phil, have you, seen, have you seen Tom Brady on the sideline before? You ever seen Tom Brady chewing every single person up on the sideline because he was not happy with what goes on? How many Super Bowls has he won? <laughs> yeah, I'm more referring to the fact that the comparisons between last season and this season is that when you're winning and everything's going great. Um, everyone's sort of cheery smiley on the sidelines at the moment they're just there's just i'm not saying that there's a serious serious problem i'm just saying there's something there that it keeps rearing its head just a little bit and when it all comes crashing down if it all comes crashing down sorry probably then those will be the points that will be massively magnified and going well what was that all about was that an indicator to why the equals were were not the, not the case and and I'm not saying it means I'm not confident. I'm just saying it's like I can't shake that feeling when these things are going on, going, we could get to the World Cup spot. We could get the number two seed. We could get the number one seed. But sometimes I'm a, you know, maybe it's systemic of the fact that being a Manchester United fan at the moment, that it's not the stuff on the field that bothers me. It's the stuff behind the scenes. And it really gives me that, that pit in my stomach where I'm like, I really hope this isn't more than it is because... It's That's three what... games against three of the best teams, three of the best teams in the league off a really big run, Tony. Is is three is three games just a bit too much of a ah, we're panic stations. Like, come on, we've won how many games out of 30? Like 27 or 26 games out of 30 in the last 30 games. I mean, we're gonna have dips in performance, and there's gonna be people on the sideline with big characters who are annoyed and frustrated. Surely that's just normal in the NFL. Phil's just used the word magnified. When when mm. you lose three games in a row, everything becomes magnified. Everything on the sideline is amplified. The, the, the media look for reasons that things are going wrong. And what what you find, and you, you just said it there, Liam, you have people who are frustrated. They've gone from a position of being 20 points to three up. All is looking good. All of a sudden, you have you know this bizarre scenario where Boston Scott runs into Alameda Zacchaeus. They fumble the ball, you know. Before you know it, it's 2010. The next thing, it's it's 2018. Tensions on a sideline are going to get really high, and you know, I I I think I have a theory where 
there is a real concern about us losing points at the moment because our secondary is so depleted. We are so vulnerable um, over the top of that defensive line. The pass rush isn't getting home. Quarterbacks are getting the ball out really quickly against us. And I think there was an element of panic setting in there. And the older heads, and interestingly, actually, Devonna Smith was one of them, were trying to calm things down. Nick was getting pumped up. I I, I think the, the Giants game is one that you completely disregard the score. And you look at some of the things that happened in that game where, you know, one, we had Jalen thrown for over 300 yards. That's a get-right thing for Jalen. You've got DeAndre Swift carrying for near, nearly 100 yards. You've got Kenny Gainwell with a good um, yards per average carry. He's looked better the last uh, few weeks. As he well, has. He has. Yeah. You've got AJ at 80 yards. You've got Smithy at nearly 80 yards. You've got Dallas Goddard over. So, so we're moving the ball. Mm-hmm. We're moving the ball in the way that we didn't move it against Seattle. We'll come back to the Seattle game in a minute. You look at defense, New York Giants, their total offense was for less than 300 yards. So we're beginning to do something right. You take those two really bizarre plays, the dick fumble, you guys maybe not remember the butt fumble, um, <laughs> a Patriots-Jets game a number of years ago, I think it was back in 2011, 2012, where an ex-Eagles quarterback runs up the arse of his, of his centre, fumbles the ball, um, and, and the Jets lose the game. You know, Alameda Zacchaeus running straight in, face into Boston Scott. That's got to be that's got to be the dick fumble now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a bizarre play. You said that Leon, that's not going to happen again. You, you just mm-hmm. can't legislate for that. Dallas Goddard, who's coming back in a game and get more involved, you know, slipping and Adore Jackson take the ball home um, to, to the house. That's 14 points. So you're not going to give up in normal games. So the Giants game, forget the score. The win was what was important. You know, I think a lot of these things that are happening on the sideline is just the amplification of frustration and stress and a bit of panic. The thing that pissed me off, yeah, you asked the question earlier on, Liam, you know, after the game was finished, what was your what was your overall thoughts? My overall thoughts was it's a win. But as soon as I watched that San Francisco game, my rage about the Seattle game just grew and grew and grew because that's the game that's going to cost us a number one seed. Number one For, seed, yeah. Forget Dallas, forget the San Francisco, uh, forget the San Francisco game. Dallas are awesome in, in AT&T. There's not many teams that's going to go into Dallas and, and win. Um, San Francisco, you know, teams have been shown their flaws by the Ravens. You know, I'm not worried about San Francisco 49ers until we get them in the NFC Championship game and that's what's going to happen. We're going to get them in the NFC Championship game whether it's at Levi or whether it's at the link, who knows, but that's that's what's going to happen. We have just got to put these small things right and, and, and Liam you said that penalties are killing us at the moment. These are the small things, these are the 1% things that Nick and Brian Johnson and Matt Patricia have to be working on to get rid of those things out of our game. The rest of it's going to come. We're going to get the guys who, who are injured back. You know, I, I think this panic about giving up points in the secondary is putting pressure on Jalen. He's trying to play hero ball because he's got to get points on the board because he knows that the defence is going to concede points. I think it's going to come good. I think it's going to come good by all manner of means. 
things aren't perfect at a moment. And I am intensely nervous about those things. However, you know, these are the times to get things wrong. And the and you know, in, in the regular season, in the advance of the, the postseason, you know, things were going perfectly um for us for us last season. Things are different this time around. It's a harder schedule, injuries, new coaching staff. There's time for it to come good, and I'm pretty convinced that they will. I concur. Um I, I concur with 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 pretty much Pretty much all of that. The only thing I'll say is on the injury side of things, yes, we're going to get get people back. Um, But I'll coin another phrase you use in in, in you can't legislate for whatever injuries could possibly be could come down the line. And that accounts that accounts for for every for every team in the NFC. Um, And I think uh, we saw Trent Williams went down, right? That's exactly what I was going to say, Liam. Trent Williams going down is absolutely huge. And, And the the 49ers, you know, three game losing streak. Um was it Brandon Ayuk or was it Samuel? So it was it was, was Debo Samuel and, Debo and Trent Samuel, Williams yeah. were both down, yeah. Yeah. You know, they've lost Williams. You know what's yeah. gonna happen to them now. Yeah, exactly exactly. There's lots of things to be to be positive about and, and getting a win is, is certainly one of them. All right, let's get on to the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. Um, we're going to go with the good first because I think we've talked uh, enough about some of the bad. We'll, we'll get on to that and we'll touch over some things we've already talked about already. But I want to talk about Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has been in the bad part of the of this segment of the podcast for quite a while now. I'm going to bring up two stats specifically that I want to share with you all. Some of you may have seen this already. But firstly, Hurts established an NFL quarterback record with his 15th rushing touchdown of the season, breaking the previous mark that was set by who? Can anyone guess? Cam Newton. Yes, Tony. By Cam Newton during the 2011 campaign of 14. Right? Impressive. And those anti-Hertz sayers, naysayers out there, of which there's not many anymore, to be clear, even with the, th- the three-game losing streak. I don't think I've seen anywhere on Twitter where people have said Hurts uh, is the problem here. I, I, I think we'd all agree, certainly on this podcast, especially that he, he is not. And he's still the franchise quarterback of this team and will continue to be so. Um, but it's 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 a it's a perfect example of what a modern quarterback needs to be. You look at Josh Allen, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at Lamar Jackson, all of these, Jalen Hurts, you look at all these quarterbacks and they can make plays through the air and they can make plays on the ground. Okay, that's rushing touchdowns. What about his passing touchdowns? With his 20th passing touchdown of the season, Hurts tied his Eagle single season record for total touchdowns. Obviously, 35. For those of you who are good at basic arithmetic, 15 plus 20 makes 35. Uh, and he now shares that record with the Eagles with who? Uh, which Eagles quarterback? 35 total touchdowns. Phil, you going to go? Randall Cunningham? Oh, Phil with the nailer on the head. Randall Cunningham with 35, 35 touchdowns. Correct. And and I think we we, we, we need to take a step back a second. I can't remember who it was who posted this on Twitter earlier on today. Jalen Hurts is, I think, he, he is within touching distance. I don't have the stats in front of me, so I'll try and quote them. He's within, he's within touching distance of 4,000 passing yards. They have two wide receivers who are already at 1,000 
receiving yards. You have uh, you have Swift, who is within touching distance of 1,000 rushing yards. The Eagles have never had a quarterback passing for 4,000 passing yards, two wide receivers at 1,000 receiving yards each, and a running back with 1,000 rushing yards in their entire history, all of which are very, very possible to happen in the next two days unless players get benched, but all of which are very, very, very attainable. We need to realize that this isn't this terrible offense that people are trying to say it is. Yes, there have been multiple times early in the season in the red zone where we were very clinical. Yes, there have been some questionable play calling at, at important times in games which have kept games closer. And I think the biggest issue the Eagles have is the fact that they've just made games closer through their mistakes, through their their, their play calling, and through their penalties throughout the season and some dodgy decisions along the way. But I'm not going to blame that because all teams get dodgy decisions along the way. But they all seem to have happened at these these these, these moments. So the defense has been not nowhere near as good as it was last year, both in pressures to the quarterback and also the secondary. Bradbury has severely dropped off. We don't have a grave digger in the defensive tackle, and perhaps we're asking too much for Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter to fill that void, even though they are first-round picks. This Eagles team is good when you look at the stats. When you look at the stats, they're good. They're good on the main ones, on the win column, on the yacht, on the rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns, receiving yards. You know, the sacks, no. Okay, I'll give you that on the sacks. Not so much pressures, yes. We just haven't been getting the sacks. The pressures have been great. We just haven't been getting the sacks. They're good across the board. And this team has the talent to win the whole thing. Right? Take away the sacks. Sorry, take away the lack of sacks. Take away the... um take away the penalties, take away the mistakes, take away, take away, not even the sacks, just take away the penalties and the mistakes, right? Take away those two things. The Eagles have the talent to win the Super Bowl. Phil, I know you'll say it's all well and good having the talent, but you need to call the right plays and the coaches need to be able to scheme in game, right? Yeah, it's, it's, people keep banging on, like I said, got players coming back, but I'm not sat here not being positive about the future and thinking that whether the Eagles can get back to it's just the fact that this one game does not move the needle enough for me to kind of go, oh, they're back. And the people that kind of go and like when they lose, they're the worst team in the world. And then the next week they win, they're the best team in the world. And they're, they're singing their praises. It's like that sense of realism sometimes just needs to be applied to say they've had a tough losing streak. Yes. They've been unlucky in a couple of situations, yes, they've they've had a couple of sloppy mistakes that have, that have made games close or they've even lost them um, against Seattle. It's it they need to it's consistency, and it's and it's it's not just like they can they could come back and they could blow the Cardinals absolutely away, but then if they go and lose in Meadowlands to the Giants the following week and have an absolutely terrible game because the consistency and the and the, the stability is not there, they just Show me another team in the NFC who's shown you they have the consistency to do to, in any way better than the Eagles have. You can talk about consistency for the 49ers only when they're injury-free, right? When they're injury-free, they've been great. But as soon as they lose their, their good players like Tony has talked about, they've not been, they've been consistently bad and they've lost. They've consistently lost four games in a row without one player, their left tackle. 
So, so what are a team? And I'm not, I'm not arguing with you here, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm not at all. I completely agree with your points, and I completely agree. The Eagles need to be more consistent. They need to be more disciplined. They need to be, they need to be more clinical, and um, the coaching, the coaching needs to be better, and there needs to be less penalties. Right, all five of those things. Um, not disputing all of those points, but show me another team in the NFC, right, that has proved any of those five points because I don't see one. And I, we're I holding. We're holding our Eagles to a higher account because of last season and because of the start they had this season. 49ers so like, have the best team in the NFL on paper. Should they not be held to a higher account? They are, but they were also being, for the last couple of weeks, while the Eagles were losing, they were gradually creeping up in the narrative as being completely unchallenged at the top of the, the NFC pyramid. Mm. And they were, and then they've gone and have an absolutely an egg and I'm, I'm well aware that that's that's what can happen but that's what i mean is that that people aren't going to turn around and be wowed by us beating the giants they're not going to be wowed by us beating the cardinals so but all i'm focused on is that when it comes to the playoffs that whatever the reasons are why we have been shooting ourselves in the foot just a little bit that those are the bit the bits that have been ironed out like i know we've got the talent i know we've got the team but there's a few question marks over the coaching over a couple of decisions and whatever's going on, as, as Tony pointed out, in, in behind the scenes in the locker room, there's there's there's, there's stuff there that is, is when you when when you're winning, it's, it's no one talks about it. But as soon as you start losing, these things start taking on legs of their own, and it's like if there is something there, we'll find out about it. Tony, there, there's very little consistency right across the NFL game at the moment. Um, you know, the, there is elements of consistency. Dallas in Dallas are consistently very good. Miami and Miami are consistently very good. Dallas on the road and are consistently shit in the bed, particularly against, you know, plus 500 teams. Um, yeah. The Ravens, you would say, are probably the only team that are consistently winning games and mm -hmm. winning them and winning them convincingly as well. I mean, we, we, we've got to say San Francisco are a very, very good team. Incredible, um, yeah. and and you know, to to get the two seed, to get the two seed, and and watch you know Dallas and San Francisco knock each other senseless would would be absolutely great. Um, mm -hmm. And you never know, you know, the NFC Championship game, even with a number two seed, could end up being at the link. Before you if, go on, if, before you before you go on, Tony, shout out to our friend Gary um, up in Scotland who uh, <sighs> messaged me a couple of weeks ago and said. Um, this is what I want to happen for us to get the number two seed rather than number one. He did. He did. did Gary's he say the a, same to you as well. Gary's a great guy. I love Gary. I was he at is. the uh, was at the Washington game with him last season. We um, had, had a quick catch up after the game, just before you and I actually met um, at the induction for the Hall of Fame for Trent oh, Douglas. Nice. And so Gary was there for the Washington game. He's a great guy. Great guys, I hope you guys will. I know you follow him on Twitter. Oh, um, I, we, we, we're now on what we're WhatsApp now. We're, we, we've we've moved the, up a level. All the time, <laughs> the, all the time in the world for Gary. He'd, he'd be a character to get him on this pod, podcast. Oh, we will. He, he's on the he's on the schedule. Um, to get him on, don't great, worry. great guy. But you know, Gary's Gary's got a really good point. Um, you know, you get the number two seed. It's not as good. You know, obviously we want the number one seed. We want it's an extra road, game, right? We want yeah. the road to Vegas to go through Philadelphia guaranteed, and we want that 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 week of, you know, Maddox and Slay and all of these guys who are coming back. We want them to have another week and Jalen 
same as last season, you know, to get his shoulder right, um, you know, yep. to get this knee right and to, to get him healthy. Um, but consistency in the NFL just isn't a thing this season. And you can tell that by, you know, some of the weird results that are happening every single week. Um, I mean, even the Ravens, you talk about the Ravens being consistent and they have been consistent since the 12th of November, which was their last loss, 33 to 31 against the um, Cleveland Browns, who've had a very good season. Two of the best defenses in the the NFL, by the way, the Browns and Ravens, Um, 33 to 31. Uh, There were over two two losses this year against the Steelers, 17 to 10 earlier on October 8th, and then they also lost to the Colts. In overtime, twenty-two to nineteen. That was a that was a bizarre loss, but that's an outlier game. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just interesting, and 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 you are right. Well, you look at the, you look at the tenth of December, right? Ravens only just beat the Rams in overtime. We beat the Rams. It all. Rams, it all. Rams are coming good. Rams are coming good. That, that's, I'm worried about the Rams. That's the team that I certainly want to avoid in the. I would love in, to avoid the, the Rams. Playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, you think you think you get to a divisional game, or even a wild card at the number two, and you're going to face Seattle or the Rams. Rams are coming hot. Seattle, we've not beaten since 2007, 2007, 2008. You know, those are you know scary, scary games. I fancy us to win both of those at home if we get the number two seed. You would think. You, you would think, and, and Detroit are terrible on the road as well. They're akin to Dallas and the. They're very good at Ford Field, not as good on the road. Um, you, you've got to fancy your chances. Actually, anyone coming into into the link, and I would include San Francisco, um, you know, for an NFC Championship game. That 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 game at the link again was an outlier. Mm-hmm. We've got to get it right, and I'm pretty sure we will. I agree. Um, good stuff. So uh, just rolling off Jalen Hurts there, uh, completed 24 38, 63.2%, not as high as complete, completion percentage. But Tony, you mentioned earlier over 300 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, and an 85.5% pass rating. But he also rushed for 34 yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> I won't say um, what I was going to say next because I'm going to leave that one up to you, Tony, in a bit. But also, want to touch on linebacker position, Phil, because this has been a position which we've been worried about for a long time. And it feels like every acquisition the Eagles have made until this weekend just gone by against um, against the Giants, all of our pickups haven't been as good as Howie's pickups in recent times. Bayard hasn't looked good until this weekend. We weren't sure how um, Leonard, Shaq Leonard, was going to play. Um but holy mother of God, did he have a good good game, Phil? This this game against the Giants. Yeah, he had a he had a, he had a good game against a, a very poor Giants team. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, get that in there. <laughs> but he was no, everywhere. He looked fired up. No, he did, and the whole team did it as a whole. And and, and the the notes at the start um, were, were actually what I I wrote when saying the team oh, the team the team okay. felt yeah. felt up for it to say that. That's what that felt more telling than because it felt like if we beat the Giants, people will say it's just the Giants. If we lose to the Giants, then the sky is falling um, and things <laughs> really are terrible. It was a case; of, it was the reaction that I was looking for going into the game, and and, and Shaq Leonard coming in having having a, having a really good game against the Giants still does mean something. Um, 
it's just unfortunately that it couldn't come against an opposition with a bit more credibility to their name in terms of um, giving them the accolade. But we were starting Ben Van Sumeren as well, a uh, uh, converted linebacker, uh, UDFA. Benny, Benny S. And um, he wasn't called out. You, know, you didn't notice he was there, which is always a good sign being in the UDFA and, and starting your first game in the NFL. It's better to be the grey man than than to be in the headlines, even sometimes for a, if it's for a good reason. But, is that um, how you operate your life, Phil? It's always good to be the grey man. <laughs> be the grey man until you've established a, a solid base to I feel like I'm the opposite from. to the grey man. <laughs> No, I, I, I just think it's one of those things where you 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 want to be unnoteworthy, which can um, when it's your first NFL game because you you want another chance, and yeah. it's more it's more you got more chance of doing something wrong than something right. And and the yeah. boy did good; he he got through the game and and had a had a pretty good um, tackle, if I remember, um, to stop stop a a run. Um, sort of, I think it was a tackle for loss as well. So yeah, yeah. We've been deprived of 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 that that talent because of injuries and 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 losses of loss of personnel through through previous off season coming into it. Kobe Dean's on IR um, as well. You know Cunningham sort of may may or may not play. Morrow's been a bit iffy. Um, and then you know does that, fall to how, does that fall to Howie Phil? I mean it's it's no. It's no I don't secret think we that we have not invested in the linebacker region for the last five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand years. We haven't, but we felt pretty good going into the season at the start. I, we, we felt, felt like... okay. I wouldn't say I felt. I, I think if you go back to one of our podcasts in preseason, I think linebacker would have still been one of the. Pre- we were hopeful that Nakobe Dean was going to step up, take a, a move, and we were hopeful he was going to be fit and healthy. I don't think we were sitting there going, "Our linebackers don't need any help." I think we were sitting there thinking. At some point, we will pick up a linebacker, which we now have in Shaq Leonard. Okay, maybe it's a pretty good rather than a pretty good kind of <laughs> All right. pretty good at the start of the season. Maybe that's the context it needs. Is that? I mean, we will start again. I'll take that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be okay with this, I reckon. And and it just okay rather than I, rather than a pretty good to pretty good. I'm gonna go. With, it's it's all right. Kind of, it's yeah. okay, but we're not sure it's okay. <laughs> But, that, but that's what I mean. We, I think we were hoping maybe there's a little bit of recency bias at the start of the season where we were so lucky with with injuries that we felt that that would have been that was going to be enough. But not only was it not enough, technically the injuries have made it all the more glaringly obvious. And in terms of a position that we need um, a bit more depth at, and 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 Shaquille Leonard having a good game, Dean coming back, um, hopefully from IR at some point. Um, and, and Cunningham hopefully playing this weekend will make us feel a hell of a lot better about that position. But you know, overall good performance from a very an otherwise very depleted um area on defense. Just just on that, like you, you mentioned a couple of times, Phil, it wasn't the result you wanted, it was the reaction you wanted, right? It was the reaction mm. you saw that made you feel good about it. For me, like, you know, Shacklin had a really good game. He didn't have, like, an outstanding – he was really, really good. He was everywhere, all over the field. But, like, he, you know, he wasn't turning heads all over the NFL. But the reaction and the emotion and the veracity at which he played to make those plays gave me hope that we had someone who's going to come here and is going to literally give it all at that position. And, and I think that's what made me maybe more excited about – 
because 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 the pickups this season have been underwhelming for me so far. They've been very underwhelming, even by art. He's been underwhelming for me so far. Um, Zach Cunningham has been underwhelming for me so far, um, and Shaq Leonard didn't really play much last last time out. Uh, he was forced to play more than perhaps he was supposed to play this time out. But I saw some fire there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think you've summarized it, it pretty well there. I think we need to see, hopefully, this week. I think if we just see, I just, I just want to see a bit more. And I, I don't want, I'm trying to, apologies. Like, the reason I'm not overly excited by this. Don't apologize for your against, opinions, against, Phil. You're against, good. Against the Giants, it's, it's the fact that one good result doesn't eradicate the previous three games. I want them to get so I want them to be so good that those three games are but a memory and we can consign them to that was just a really poor portion of the season. The Eagles went had a massive dip and they look but look what happened next week. They absolutely smashed the Giants twice and they they absolutely obliterated the Cardinals. So we didn't quite smash the Giants almost like, like I said if we if the, but take those two sloppy turnovers out of it and it's 33 11 that feels a little bit more I'm more concerned with the statement we're making to the NFL we need to make people does it matter again. does it does it matter I mean we're underdogs we, we have a history with underdogs would you not rather like barely get through teams get to the playoffs and then beat teams we're not supposed to rather than be rather than look really good and then fail and then fail Obviously, you would. That's a stupid question. Um, like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know? Do you know what I'm getting at, though? Like, would you? Would you not rather? Do you really want your team to be going into games thinking, "Oh, we've got this"? I'd ra- I'd rather support the Eagles as I always have. As you know, I'm not quite sure where this is going, but I'm going to cheer them on till the, till the end degree here. And 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 I know they have the talent to pull it off, but will they? Won't they? I don't know. But hopefully, they will. Well, I don't. I don't know if I want to go into confidence to games. I've done that this season, and it hasn't ended well for me. <laughs> Tony, how do you how do you fall on this? I mean, it, do, 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 let me rephrase the question for you a little bit here. Do you think the Eagles are going to go and blow out the Cardinals and uh, the Commanders over the next two weeks, or are, or are we more likely to see incremental increases, um, similarly close games, um, but hopefully a healthy squad going into a playoff game at the number two seed, number one seed? Like, what's more likely to happen? Do you think? Divisional I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to lead the witness here. So apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. The divisional games are always difficult. Um. So so let, let's take the final game of the season at the Meadowlands, um, and put that one to the side. The 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 Cardinals, the Cardinals game gives us a great opportunity to get right on both sides of the ball. Um. And let me just pause for a second and go back to the good. With the exception of the, you know, special teams disaster with Boston Scott and Alameda Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. special teams have been really good. Talk you to know, me about Brit- Britain Covey. Britain Covey, my goodness, you know, two huge difference making plays, and mm-hmm. and I'm going to come on to the, uh, I'm going to come on at one of them is the, um, you know, the gift that you've given me in the local woman play of the week. Um, and give you guys a choice and which one you, you want to go okay. for, but nice. but Britain, Britain Covey's been a difference maker for us this season. You know, mm-hmm. he's you know way up there at the top of the the NFL list in terms of um, punt and uh, and kick returns. Crash test Covey, as um, 
Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know the 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 thing with the Cardinals this weekend is, you know, Jonathan Gannon knows us. We know Jonathan Gannon, um, but they're a terrible football team, which gives us a great opportunity to get right. And and Phil, you know, while you're grey and Mick is black and white and Liam is sunshine yellow, um, you know, I will firmly fall with you if we don't get right this weekend, because this is the opportunity for us to do so. And I, and I think in the absence of a blowout win this weekend, when it's patently obvious how we should be playing against the Cardinals, I'm not sure we will ever get right if if we don't get it right this weekend. That should give us a bit of momentum going into um, the Meadowlands. And I'm kind of hoping that Detroit might do us a bit of a favour this weekend. Um you know, Liam had a wee derisory, you know, grin on his face there. He doesn't think so. Um, maybe maybe the Lions do us a, a, a favour this weekend and maybe actually we can treat the New York weekend as a bye week unless the Commanders pull off, you know, the most bizarre of bizarre victories against the 49ers and give us the number one slot. Who knows? And, and which Well, I think them? I think the reason I made that grin is I think we, we, we this is going to sound blasphemous on an Eagles show, but... I think if, if am I right in saying if Dallas win, that clears the path for us to get the number two seed, as long as we win out. As long as we win out, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you say you say Lions do us a favor. We we might want Dallas to win. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, which is you a scary a, you, thought. You, you, you toss a, you toss a coin one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I would fancy our chances more as a second seed mm. than that actually as a one seed right now. Um, purely and simply because of the way they think the the playoffs will end up. Um, the question, Liam, was the Cardinals game. I think is that what the question yeah. was? Because we were yeah. on, we were on we were on the goods. And no, no. So we so, so we we went to Britain Covey. Uh, so so you mentioned two plays. Um, we we jumped around a bit as we always do in this podcast. So that's my fault. Um, so so. There are, there are two awards up for grabs here, Tony, right? We've got the Loch Lomond play of the week, and we've got the damn right sexy of the week, okay? So, and I'm and, and I'm going to give you three options to choose your Loch Lomond play of the week. And I, th- you, I, and I think two of these are what you're probably toying with in your head anyway. The first is um, the huge punt return for 45 yards, which set up the opening scoring drive for Britain Covey, which is incredible. You're shaking your head, so that's not one of it. One might be uh, the, the play made on the uh, the made play made on the jump ball um, for Britton Covey. One also might be his first career pack catch, but then also the Jalen Hurts third and twenty uh, might also be up there for the uh, Lock Loman play in a week. So uh, I'm I'm, re- I'm trying to read your your facial uh, expressions here as I'm saying them to get to gauge which one you're going for. I'll, I'll let you take it away. I could right. be wrong on all so, four. So you're you're. You're you're pretty much there. However, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bend the rules and uh, you're allowed to the, the the typical way that I do. Um, I'm gonna give you guys two choices. You're gonna be the vote. Normally, there's three of you, so there'll be okay. a casting vote. But the Lock Home okay. Play of the Week is down to two different plays. But actually, okay. one of them is a series of plays, and it starts with exactly what you've just said there, Liam. The you know it's it's ten three Eagles. There is a punt. It bounces. In fact, side sidetrack here. Jamie Gillen. Yes. What an awful game J- Jamie Gillen had. Um, 
and I've I've got such a soft spot for for like Jamie Scottish. Gillen with him being from you know Forest uh, from from Nairn up in Forest. Um, I I can see him get cut by the Giants, which is such a shame. That's but, sad. Um, it is, it is, and, and obviously Graham Gano, their their kicker is Scottish as well. So to have a couple of Scottish guys in an NFL team is is quite special. Um, Jamie Gillen, terrible punt, bounces, and out of nowhere comes Britton Covey. Um, takes a ball in his own forty yard line, bouncing ball, and takes it for another ten yards. There's just under twelve minutes left in the second in the second quarter. Eagles are second and ten at the thirty-seven at New York's thirty-seven yard line. Jalen throws a dart to Smithy. Smithy doesn't break stride. He's off to the he, he's off to the end the end zone. Alamadi Zacchaeus completely completely taking a Dory Jackson out of the game. Mm-hmm. So that series and in amongst mm-hmm. there as well was a Jalen fifteen yard run. Mm-hmm. You know, Tremendous series of play, saw us into the end zone, and we're seventeen, uh, we're seventeen three ahead. So that's your first choice. Oh, I'm intrigued as to what an option two series. You've you've hit option two, and okay. and this is where, you know, all of this, excuse me, criticism of Jalen, criticism of play calling, um, all of this this worry about is Jalen the man, etc., etc. When you need your skill players to step up, we've had these two awful plays. We've gone from being twenty to three up to twenty to eighteen up, and panic could easily set in. If you look at, you know, the games of the past, the twenty eighteen season, the Panthers game, the Tennessee game, where we've allowed panic to set in, and ultimately we've lost. So we're three, uh, third and fifteen. Jason Kelsey five yard penalty for a false start. Six and five games. Yeah, that's pretty exactly, awesome. exactly. Um, <clears throat> but do, do you think do you think the referees are just picking on him now? I don't know. He came out this week and, and basically said it was on him, which I would yeah, expect. He, he always, he always to say. does, though. He also, yeah. he, you know, Jason, always, Jason always takes responsibility. Oh, let's bring Phil on. Let's bring let's bring Phil on, on that on that point. Here, you know. Phil, Phil, what do you reckon? Is is are the referees jumping on Kelsey a little bit here, or is is you know, is or is Kelsey? Right to take accountability because someone have been really dodgy. Someone have been really dodgy. I warn, I don't think he even moved his hand. <laughs> I think both are, both are true. I think there is a, a, a concerted effort to try and level the playing field with the Eagles and the tush push and all, and all the other little um, things that we, we can do that no one else seems to be able to do the same. So I, I do believe that there is some sort of parity assistance going on maybe and, and they're just even if it's just in the form of being a little bit more eagle-eyed when it comes to the eagles center yeah the, making the, sure that that play they're not getting an advantage on it yeah for whatever but the way same, they're doing it at the same time it is also just the fact that certain officiating crews are hot on different things and and sure. each week the nfl sends down want to make sure we uh we're hot on this guys this week and and sometimes these things just happen. I, I, I think it's it depends on on what kind of conspiracy theorist you might want to be this week. Whether you want to see it as a, a as a deliberate effort, whether you just see it as people are just looking for it a bit more than they were before, and and because of the the the, the tush push being so such a tight window to actually see, because you've got 
10, 15 blokes all lining up in the very same spot, it's sometimes these things are just going to get confused. Um, I, I, I think you just t- try not to be too um, caught up in it. I think I just, it's annoying. Just, just sit on the fence about it, Phil. Yeah. All right. Uh, sounds good. Uh, all right. Go on, Tony. Back to your, your second option. You were, so, you were a five yard penalty. Phil, I wasn't, I wasn't dismissing you now. I, I was, I was Kelsey, Kelsey, five yard penalty. <laughs> Third and 20, our own 26-yard line. Jalen gets the ball. Dexter Lawrence is bearing down on him. Uh-huh. He dodges that. He steps up in the pocket. He avoids the pocket. He avoids that tackle and throws a 30-yard perfect pass to A.J. Brown. That sets up the swift touchdown. Uh-huh. Both of them extraordinary passages of play. Which one is the Loch Lomond Whiskey's play of the week? Okay. I'm going to give this one to Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I have an opinion. But which, I'll, I'll one, you... which one is is, I, is Tony's I... vote, or which one do I think should be? No, no, no. So, so Tony has given us the option um, mm-hmm. of either the, the um, series of plays, which started from the Britain Covey... Um, uh, punt return, jump, 10-yard catch, which then led to Devon, to the Hurts 15-yard run, the uh, Devontae Smith catch and run into the end zone at a really important point in the game. Uh, in the similar breath, we, we were on third and 20. Jalen Hurts um, has to make the biggest play in the most important moment as you want your franchise quarterback to do, and he nails an incredible 30-yard pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I read back through the, the notes before we came on and, and sort of casually glancing through. Oh. That's what uh, Mick or, or Liam has put as the lock moment player. Of the oh, week. not and, me. That was Mick. Yeah. But I didn't even bat an eyelid because I went, yeah, agree, hundred okay. percent. I think. I, I think that. Yeah. The uh, I think I think for the situation, and often when you're in those position, you think it's hopeless, and you think, well, that's that drive over with. We're too far back. The the Eagles don't really have much. To offer to 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 confidently feel like they're going to overcome that 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 bit, and if they hadn't, who knows where the team would have been? I think there are the the the, the Smith touchdown, right? Get some some attention there, um, but I think the the throw, the moment, the situation, how much it meant. I think it's that 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 throw from Jalen, you know, from a person coming into this game looking for a reaction, looking for those signs of life. That was one hell of a sign of of of. Jalen getting back to being Jalen. Yeah. And I think there's been slowly signs of that um, over the last couple of weeks, but we just haven't seen that full consistency. Tony, are you happy with the uh, Jalen Hurts Luck Loman player of the week? A hundred percent. That gives us all hope that Jalen is a franchise super uh, quarterback. He is an absolute superstar. What a play that was. And it turned something from what we all thought at the time was shit, we're going to lose this game to actually we're going to win it. Absolutely the play of the week. That's incredible. Uh, we're going to take a 60 second break here. Perfect timing for our Luck Loman play of the week. We'll be back shortly. Celebrate victories, rally through challenges. And bond with fellow fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond single malt whiskey. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond whiskey becomes an essential companion. 
enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat. Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts with their flagship perfectly balanced and signature expressions inch moan and inch muren to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness on and off the field this season with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whiskey and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar. Fly Eagles fly. Also, tones of Mick McGivern talking about Loch Lomond whiskey. Is there anything sexier in the world right now? I don't think there is, sports fans. Uh, all right, uh, so a couple of things to just touch on on the bad column and the good column. Uh, we'll touch on the bad here. The pass rush continues to be disappointing, bordering on ineffective, coming off the back of a record breaking season for the Eagles, getting to the quarterback. Phil, look up to you. Have you have you any optimism that this is going to improve now under Matt Patricia? We are seeing more five linemen at the defensive line than we were than we were uh, predominantly seeing four under Sean Desai. Are you confident we're going to see the Eagles get the quarterback more over the coming weeks, or is this going to be something that the Eagles are going to be struggling with until the the end of the year? No, I'm not confident at all. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea why this is happening. Um, it just feels it feels like something that's it. It's just it's a frustrating undertone of, of every game, pretty much this season. Even the slow quarterbacks, we're just not really getting to. We're not. We haven't had that that Sacadelphia game this season. We haven't had that game where you kind of just think that that quarterback is seeing ghosts and he's having an absolute nightmare. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and uh, Jaden Carr are all, are all just steaming through. It just this. It feels like feels like the snap happens. The the defense and off, offensive players just sort of hit, touch each other and then they just don't move. And it's just like, what? How are other teams doing? Like, I feel like I, I feel like sack envy when I watch other games <laughs> and I'm like seeing these quarterbacks. Probably some of them that we've we've already played ourselves this season. Going like, how? What is it that they're they're doing? Is it? I know it's it's it's, it, it's almost a little bit sacrilegious, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's it's just it feels like I know there is a, probably a reason for it, but it just feels like they're they're saying we're, we're trying. Well, the, bl- the blitzing almost... is a, the blitzing is a clear reason. We we haven't been blitzing anywhere near as much as we were. I know we didn't blitz much yeah, but last under, year. Under, under under Gannon, we had our our sacks um, record setting season, and mm-hmm. blitzing was a very low percentage of those drives. So I don't believe. But it was but it was higher. Was, it was it was higher than this year under Sean Desai. It wasn't much higher, but it, but it, but it was it was higher. What I'm saying, yeah, I just, I'm just saying I don't believe that, that, that it's a direct correlation. Like, you blitz more, you get more sacks. There are lots of teams. The, 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 the sack-leading teams of this in this season aren't the top blitzing teams, necessarily. It's, it's, it, there's just something that's not happening, whether it's um, the last few weeks, specifically the lack of rest, the team's a bit gassed, the pass rushes are just sort of like, just haven't got, got enough juice to get... That last little swim Fletcher you've Cox done. playing over seventy percent of snaps doesn't doesn't help yeah. at his age. Right? Yeah, stuff like that, and I'm just hoping. I just don't think it's a quick fix scheme thing. Like Matt Patricia is suddenly going to get them, them them sacking the quarterback ten times in a game, and you're 
your optimism that the Eagles are going to get to Kyler Murray um, off air was um, was a bit of a shock <laughs> because it's like uh, I would love to be that optimistic. Quickly backtracked optimism. Can I yeah, well. <laughs> Once I was reminded of who the quarterback was. <laughs> do, do you not think though? Do you not think though, guys, that the the coverage in the secondary is the difference this season? So last season you had you had Chauncey Gardner Johnson. In coverage, you had Bradbury on fire. You had Slay on fire. Quarterback doesn't have the the opposition quarterback doesn't have anywhere to go to as quickly. Quick reads are gone, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So they're covered. So therefore, that he's holding on to the ball longer and giving the pass rush more time to get home. It's just not been happening this this season because he's got the quick pass over the middle, and and that's where we're getting killed. So. You know, and Maddox. linebackers, our linebacker play, albeit wasn't as, as strong last year as we thought it, w- it would be this year, was better. Like TJ Edwards is a huge loss for the Eagles. Correct, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, the, so those quick passes, and, and I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Tony. Um, quarterbacks holding on to the ball longer, and, and the way we've been beaten this year, whether it's been Sam Howell, even though we weren't beaten by Sam Howell, we were nearly beaten by Sam Howell. Brock Purdy, you know, these guys were getting the ball out. You know, quick and quick, and you can say, you know, <laughs> Brock Turdy, uh, and and you know, and, and and that was killing us. So yeah, I, I think I think it's 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 a really good point. I think we're just going to see what's going to happen. It's still two games in, Matt Patricia. You know, let's see if he does a little bit more. We are seeing more five man fronts, which is good. I'd like to see more of those. I think there's been too much emphasis on Jordan Davis and and Jalen Carter. So young, I think Javon Hargrave was a huge loss for the Birds. Sweat hasn't had a season that he did last year. Hassan Reddick has had an incredible season. You know, it, it hasn't maybe looked like it at times, but his stats prove that he has. So um, I think all we can do is let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks and see if there's a change up on the defensive side of the ball. Might be an aging, an aging defense and a defensive line, but, you know, let's just see what happens. Go, go back and watch the coaches' film from the Giants game and see how often Hassan Reddick is not attacking a quarterback and he's dropping back to provide coverage. And that, that's a clear sign of a lack of confidence in your in your secondary where he's dropping back and not actually going for the going for the quarterback. And and that's where the difference can be made, I think, going forward with Maddox, with Cunningham back, with Morrow back, with that element of confidence that allows the pass rush to actually concentrate on hitting the quarterback rather than covering. Clearly, uh, Tony's had a significant amount of time off work lately to be watching coaches' film of games because I sure as hell don't have the time I, I, to do that stuff. I, I, either, that, either that or clearly Tony's had far too long tonight to drink far too much of his product. <laughs> I'll slaunch you. I'll slaunch you to that one, 100%. Uh, all right, touching on the good. We won't talk about it too much. We haven't got time to. But Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks continue to impress at outside cornerback. We talked about it a little bit earlier on in the podcast. Keely Ringo himself had five tackles, one pass breakup, and an interception to seal the game in the end zone at the Hail Mary. And it's, 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 it's encouraging to see the young Eagles secondary step up when needed. I asked Mick a question last week in the podcast, but it was just me and him. I said, would you bench James Bradbury given the performance we're seeing from Eli Ricks and Kile Ringo when Darius Slade comes back? Or even with Maddox coming back, would you would you play both of them both of them inside and outside? 
uh, cornerback, and, and he said yes without question. And as I uttered those words, I've never seen Tony's head move up and down as quick as that in my entire life in agreement to, to that sentiment. So I think we're all in agreement that we would like to see that happen. Do you know what I would like to see happen in an ideal world? I would like to see Bradbury get back to what he was last year, and it's not need to worry about that and develop them. But realistically speaking, I think they're going to, the Eagles are going to need to continue to make tough calls on their coaching staff and on their, on, a, on, their, on their players as to who is playing these snaps. Because if they don't, they're going to go out with a whimper. So tough calls are going to have to be made. Sirianni's going to have to step up. He's going to have to continue to be as aggressive as he is on the sideline. I don't mind it. I don't mind his Sirianni emo- emotive reaction on the sideline. I don't mind him churning players out, chewing them up on the sideline. I really don't mind. I like to see that. And I know, I know I'm probably not in the minority on that front and people are worried about his maturity and his leadership and, and team culture. I like to see that. Sirian is not happy with what he's seeing. He's not happy with what he's seeing on coaches. He made a call to, to, to bench uh, Sean Desai, put him in the booth. Um, they've made some different personnel changes in the last couple of weeks, which, which I like to see. They've got players returning. Let's see what the Eagles can do moving forward. All right, let's move on from there. Let's look forward to the... Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals defense through week 16, 32nd in DVOA, 32nd in EBA per play, 32nd in success rate, 32nd in series conversion rate, 32nd in points per drive, 30 seconds in touchdowns per drive, and 30 seconds in yards per drive. Phil, is this the Gannon effect? Yes and <laughs> no. This is a team that is devoid of any direction or goals this season. With the quarterback situation, their leading passing yards is a player that is no longer on the team in Josh Dobbs, who's now been benched in Minnesota, funnily enough. So it just goes to show that that they they've not they for all accounts they should have been a team that has been heavily tanking this season but they've done us a favor on a couple of occasions this season beating the um the Niners and um and the Cowboys or was it just the Cowboys? I have it Cowboys. in front of me so. Cowboys. Cowboys. Um so they've been, and they've pulled out some odd wins this season but they are heavily undecided about what their identity is and even with a quarterback of Kyler Murray's sort of stature with all his faults um it's still a good quarterback and the team wasn't terrible I think you know like I've said it before when Zach Hurts went there a couple of seasons ago we were wishing him well on on the road to his next his second Super Bowl win because we thought the Cardinals were in a good position they had a good roster and Kyler Murray was um at the time an exceptional quarterback he's he's dropped off a bit there's been some issues and now they're just Feels like they should be um, resetting massively, and then they're not fighting for anything. So this is a potential banana skin if the Eagles don't take it seriously, which I have absolutely no doubt that they will take it seriously. But there's um, there's a case to be made, and we've made it already this this podcast that this needs to go in. This needs to be a builder game for the Giants game to say, yep. Yeah, this is what would happen to the Giants had we not shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. We would have absolutely obliterated them. And anything less will be a huge disappointment and a cause of concern as we then only have 
one game at the Meadowlands. A, I think injury... cause concern might be the understatement of the century. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's, it, we need we need this game to 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 really send a, a huge statement that the Eagles have, have ironed out the issues that are going on. Um, so I think there's quite a lot of pressure on the team going into this game. Like one of those um, sort of not obvious pressures that the, the team's not a challenge. It's, it's, it's whether we, we go in and we do what we're expected to do. I mean, let me give you some stats here, Phil. Thank you for that. Uh, the Eagles um, should be able to pass the ball against the Cardinals. Uh, their corners to start the season were Marco Wilson and Catrell uh, Clark. They are now Anthony Hamilton, a journeyman on his fifth team, and Starling Thomas, an undrafted rookie who initially was drafted by the Lions, didn't make their 53-man roster and was claimed on waivers by the Cardinals. And our old friend, Andre Chachar, who I've definitely spoke, pronounced... Chachare. Chachare. <laughs> They've also got uh, Kaiser White, a linebacker. So a couple of old faces. Uh, we would have seen another one in Zach Ertz had they, not, um, had they not let him go with the emergence of Trey McBride, who has, to be fair done an incredible job as a rookie tight end. Very hard to be an incredible rookie at tight end. Tight ends only seem to mature in years two, three, four, five, six. Year one, it's it's hard for them to do. It's it's hard to list those stats off of how good or how bad, I should say, the Arizona Cardinals are on defense. And the lack of receiving options they have short of uh, Trey McBride, who, 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 I, who I just mentioned, it's... It, you, you know, Carla Murray aside, it, it's hard to see anything over the, an Eagles obliteration, but I feel like we've said that so many times on this podcast this year, and we've ended up with a tight game. Tony, are we going to blow them out this week? Just just to add to those stats, Liam, they're week one starters on defense, which included Kaiser White, one of our boys from last season. Seven of the defensive front starters are on IR including Kaiser White. So they are inexperienced in defense. You've touched on the, the cornerbacks. They're inexperienced on their offensive line. So we should be able to get to, to Kyler Murray. The pressure this the, the pressure this week is on how many we win by, not if we win. And, and yet to, and yet the Ravens on October 29th only beat them 31-24. They put up 30 points against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. They beat the Steelers. You know, they're, 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 they haven't been terrible. You know, they put 20 points up against the Bengals when the Bengals were looking a little bit better. They beat the Cowboys. They were they lost a very close game to the, to the, to the Commanders, which is probably a mute point. Um, they beat the Vikings, and they, they lost a three-point game to the Giants. It's not like they've gone out with, as Phil said, it's not like they've gone out with a whimper on these games. So so with, with the, the comment that I made in mind of every single time we seem to say, you know, we should be obliterating this team, albeit I gr- gr- granted even the, the complete shithouse that they've had on injuries on, a, on their defensive line and in the secondary. It doesn't feel like any game anymore is a foregone conclusion in the NFL. No excuses anymore. No excuses. This is the get right game for offense, particularly with with um, with the rushing uh, with the rushing plays, and for uh, Smithy and AJ Brown, but also on a defensive front as well. We have to get home this weekend. Mm. If we don't get home this weekend, then there is something seriously, seriously wrong. If we don't win by three scores 
this weekend. It's not a good win. And, and so I've you're been, seven, 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 are we talking seven, 17 point minimum? 21 point minimum. Well, three scores will be, will be tw- know, two touchdowns tw- and a tw- field goal. 21. Yeah, yeah. You, you want know, 21? You're, right. you're right. 21 or more this weekend. And it's not a success if we don't. Phil? Um, I'm definitely more in Tony's camp than I'd like to, and I feel comfortable being, but he's absolutely right. And I think that's what <laughs> I was essentially saying um, before, is that this is this is the game where they need to go in and they need to kind of put everyone else on notice to say, don't you've written off the Eagles at your peril, then they're, they're coming back in strong at the end of the season, going into the playoffs, and you do not want to face them. That's what we want to do. We don't want to be going... Yay, we've got the two seed, one seed, whatever. And the team that's coming in, they're going, yeah, but look how terrible they've been. They've scraped into the, the playoffs and they've, and they're weak in X, Y, and Z. We want to go and we want to bring it back to no one wants to come to the link and no one wants them to come into their home either. And Liam, to your point, to, to your point, Liam, no one's really blown out the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So as it is a statement. You know, Cardinals are the Cardinals, but it is a statement for someone to absolutely blow the doors off the Cardinals. And and Jonathan Gannon knows his one, so. <laughs> he owes his fucking 20. Um, all right, good stuff. All right, quickly run the houses down. Let's go for our bet, our bet tips of the week. Tony, as a guest, I'll come to you first, my friend. Well, I think everything that we've just spoken about there points to our... Um, a rushing offense, DeAndre Swift, I think, will easily cover his 69 and a half yards. Um, and so he, he, he'll, he'll easily go over that. I'm fancying DeAndre Swift two or more touchdowns, Ooh. which at the moment I think is nearly five to one. Oh, that's tasty. That is. I mean, he's had a good, he's had a good couple of weeks. He's just approaching his thousand yard uh, rushing. Uh, stats, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, it will be a nice statement to see Swift go twice over the goal line. And, and I know me and you spoke earlier, Tony, off air, and the, the Eagles might be looking to, you know, hide Jalen a bit, make sure he doesn't go into bad positions where he can get injured, um, precarious positions, if you will. And this might be a, a nice game to show that, you know, we don't just need to go quarterback sneak on the two-yard line or the one-yard line. We can also give it to our uh, our premium running back, and he also obviously got in last week for a great touchdown uh, run as well. So I like that five to one. Okay, fantastic, Phil. Let's go over to you for your continuing with the the running game theme. Um, Kenny Gainwell has had a bit of a, a an underrated stat line performance in the last couple of games. Um, he smashed his, yeah. He's had his, he smashed his over on the yards. Um, the last two weeks in a row. And I feel like he just occasionally gets those those sort of goal line uh, opportunities. And, and he's not done terribly. He's, he's had a, I don't know, off the top of my head, how many touchdowns he's got this season. I know it's probably like three or four, but they've he's been. He's a decent RB2. He is a decent RB2. He, he's doing a serviceable job. And I feel like if the running game is the main focus, then there's definitely a chance the game will get it in. So, um, I'm going here for him to smash over at twenty over twenty yards rushing and a touchdown. Thirteen to two on that number. Uh, I think you're both idiots and you're completely wrong. 
And, and I, I think the Eagles are going to be taking care of the secondary in this game, take away their, their safeties. Uh, their, their cornerbacks are horrendous. Uh, give me Dallas Goddard to have a statement game and go for over 100 yards at 15 to 4, just under 4 to 1. Put your house on it, put your mortgage on it, sell your kids, trade them for camels in North and Africa, whatever you want to do. Uh, Dallas Goddard is going to go for over 100 yards for the Eagles this week against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, folks, we have been the British and Irish Eagles, and we've been we've loved to welcome Tony Burton back onto the podcast. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and it's been a pleasure being partners with you and Locke Lomond uh, this year, and, and, and we are looking forward to a fruitful um, future with you guys as we continue to bring the best whiskey in the UK to all of our fans and to fans who aren't even our fans and people we know because it really is a special drink. And if guys, by the way, if you haven't tried the luck, uh, the, the gin that you guys do in the Ben Lomond, absolutely fantastic. I mentioned on the podcast last week, we had a lovely care package from Tony, which included a beautiful bottle of champagne, the, the Ben Lomond gin and the Loch Lomond uh, in Schmirren, which is my favorite, of course. If you're listening, uh, you are a regular, you will know why that is my favorite. So thank you very much for that, Tony. Thank you for your appearance on today's show. We look forward to welcoming you back on. And hey, me and you, but I need to chat about what our Super Bowl plans are soon as well. Oh, it's my wife's 50th in January. And I am <laughs> right now, I am gaslighting her into believing that the right thing to do is go to Philadelphia for <laughs> the divisional and the wild card rounds. So um, you need to wait and, and until January to find out about that one. And we've got some really exciting news oh. about, about Ben Loman Gin coming up in the new year so um next season it might not just be Loch Lomond whiskies it might all also be Loch Lomond whiskies Ben Lomond gin with some fantastic prizes to be won on the gin side of things as well incredible looking forward to hearing more about that and chatting to you about that and hey listen have a fantastic time at your 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 with your wife's birthday. I'm going to be jealous. I'm not going to ask if I can tag along in the suitcase. I think that might be a little bit weird in our friendship so far. But Phil, um, thanks again for joining us for an Eagles winning podcast this time. God, it feels good to say the Eagles won. Get in. Let's look forward to the Arizona game coming up. I am off to go and watch um, Breaking Bad with my partner. And um, with the hour I have left, oh, she said, uh, did, did you say no, Katie? Wife, Jesus, what did I say? Oh dear. Anyway, we'll end on that note, bird gang. <laughs> Love you all. Yeah, Happy Christmas and speak to you soon. Go birds. Happy New Year, guys. God bless. God bless. <laughs>